I'm Dave Hawkins, and this is The Antidote. The band Ravenhill hails from southern Illinois. They offer up a pretty amazing blend of old-time southern gospel of the 50s, along with soul and indie rock. And I'm speaking here with Joshua Clifton, who's a lead vocalist and guitarist for the band. Whose idea was it to create the unique sound of Ravenhill? Uh, honestly, I would have to take credit for that, just because... I honestly thought this was just something we were going to do for the fun of it. I, I remember I wanted to always do something along these lines. And um, I had been in past bands before, always honestly scared to try to sing the way I do in Ravenhill. And up to this moment, for the most part, I'd always just been the lead singer of a band. So for me to even pick up a guitar and try to play and sing and sing this way was terrifying to me. So I got into a point where I was like, well, maybe I need to start focusing on the future and career and stuff like that. But I go, I'll, I'll go ahead and write these songs. I'll just get all my friends to fill in if we ever play a live show. So me and my friend David Curtis from Run Kid Run and a couple other members got together and we wrote a couple songs, kind of put the shell of the band in there. And we're still figuring out who we were and, and how, to, how to do this. But we felt like something bigger than us was there. And Blood on the Church Floor was one of the first songs we had ever written. I remember being in my dad's church with myself, David Curtis, John Raby, our, one of our drummers, and finally playing that song all the way through, just the three of us, and thinking, there's something special here. But I'm probably getting ahead of myself. Uh, this was uh, definitely something that I go, well, I'll just have two drummers learn the songs. I'll have three guitarists learn the songs. I have two bass players learn the songs and keys a couple pianists, and and then uh, if I have a show, I'm like, can you play? And this is my band for that show. And we'd all practice together, you know, And but I would be the only dedicated member. For the first year, that's kind of how it was. Uh, but I always had in mind who I wanted to be in the band if it did take off. Luckily, a lot of that has happened. How is it that a bunch of white guys <laughs> can do soul music? I don't know. I would say that... Um, if anybody has a problem with that, that's my parents' fault. I wasn't really allowed to listen to modern rock and roll. Even Christian rock scared my parents to death in the sense of, it's loud, it can't be God, <laughs> or so that, or not to that extent. But So I was only allowed to listen to contemporary Christian music, which I listened to like Carmen growing up and Michael W. Smith, and, and performed probably the majority of their catalog in front of my church. My dad was a pastor, so I, I got to perform quite a bit on stage. But uh, I was also allowed to listen to old country. But one of the biggest influences on me was always Ray Charles. I remember really listening to Ray Charles and finding something unique. And he always kind of had that gospel soul to him. And even whenever I was in pop punk bands or emo bands uh, back in the day, I, I always kind of wanted to go that route. But I was that's what I was talking about uh, when I was scared to kind of do that. Because number one, I felt like, yeah, we are white. Anyone that was not white, calling us out on it. <laughs> you know, I mean, uh, being like, what are you doing? Your guess is as good as mine. That's the only thing I can come up with is my parents were a little hesitant in uh, letting us listen to anything modern. So we went to the oldies, uh, whether it be Ray Charles, Stevie Wonder, you know, I think CCR and the Allman Brothers, um, and even like Muddy Waters and Robert Johnson, stuff like that. So in Sunhouse, that's where we probably got the soul and hopefully we're doing it all right. Well, and you do, and you do it with a lot of passion. That's the thing that's probably shines through the most. You got to explain the name of the band. How did that come about? I, I mentioned that my father was a pastor, and he was always very big in in all the greats, uh, A.W. Tozer and Smith Wigglesworth and Watchman Nee. 
I remember uh, my dad having uh, Leonard Ravenhill was a uh, a pastor and an evangelist, and he had a lot of his stuff on tape. And I remember I had a Camaro my dad bought me, and and I had a tape player in it, and I had those tapes. And on long drive, I would listen to those sermons, and he, and he spoke with such conviction, such passion. And that spoke volumes to me. I could hear it over a cassette tape, the horrible audio of a cassette tape. I could still feel it and hear it. I wanted that same type of conviction and that passion out of our music. And I thought, well, if anybody Google searches Ravenhill, they may find us, but they'll find a much better speaker and evangelist. And that would I would rather them probably listen to Leonard Ravenhill than our band. And now it's kind of catch-22. It's so hard to find us because he has so much stuff out there and so many followers. But that's where it came from. Okay, so then when people really do want to find Ravenhill, you're going to tell us exactly how to get a hold of the band. We look for smoke signals. And if you can, no, I'm just kidding. I believe it's facebook.com backslash Ravenhill Rock. And then we have a Reverb Nation site, which is reverbnation.com backslash Ravenhill Band. And then we're on Twitter, and you can follow us at Ravenhill Music. Uh, we'll be getting a .com here soon. We probably should have already done that. Blood on the Church Fire, which we spoke about earlier. So that came out in 2010 on your first EP, Ladies and Gentlemen, I present to you. So now last year, Ravenhill came out with Lions. You had a bit, little bit of a change of style, so you're adding more of a rock edge. How come? When we recorded Ladies and Gentlemen, I present to you, or Legipti is like what we like to call it, we were still trying to figure out who we were. I was so pleased with that record. I'd never been in any band that had horns in it uh, and everything. And we don't play live with horns, but we wrote them on a piano and then had some studio musicians come in. And I was like, I know I don't want to start a ska band, <laughs> but I looked to you know Ray Charles or Elton John or, or people like that that had horns in there uh, for accompaniment. We were still trying to figure out what Ravenhill was. Uh, I knew I had those three songs and an instrumental but we kept hearing after we released that we love this record but live you're something totally different and to be honest with you we were a little dirty like dirty rock and roll southern rock and roll live and people loved the record and we sold so many of them that we really didn't know what to do should we continue down that road and like maybe kind of cool it on our live show or should we just say let's record live and see what happens so that's kind of what happened the whole band writes the songs for the most part i will come up with an idea and then we'll all come together and do this those initial riffs or melodies pretty much set the pace for the song and i had been listening to probably way too much led zeppelin if that's possible um and jack white and stuff like that and knew that that record lions was going to be a little different than ladies and gentlemen i present to you because we kind of just grabbed onto that dirty southern rock and roll and ran with it. Uh, that record probably wasn't going to be as catchy or marketable as maybe Blood on the Church Floor, but we just felt like we had to make that record. Uh, we recorded those six songs in one day, and we did it all live, vocals and everything. The only thing we added was maybe background vocals and changed one or two things. Yeah, We were very pleased with it. It's so funny. I feel like we got different fans that loved Lions, and we got new fans that way. And we had some other people that are like, well, I kind of miss the ladies and gentlemen type thing. And then we have you know, our true fans who just just loved it all, all the above. Um, that's why I'm really excited. We're about to do a new project. I think we're going to re-record some older stuff, and but mostly have new stuff. 
and kind of marry those two sounds and really find a median of who Raven Hill is. Because I think three years into it, we're finally figuring that out. Somehow capture and encompass that passion and soul, the disparity of what we feel we're supposed to say. I was going to ask about that question. So what do you find for radio play? Like, are you finding it is arable on American Christian radio stations or a little past that edge? First and foremost, like, we feel we are a Christian band. We love that. We believe this is a ministry. I will say it's been hilarious to me how everything kind of has worked out as far as where we play. Nine times out of ten, we're playing a non-Christian bar or venue and our lyrics, if you've ever heard us, are very upfront about what we believe in. And it blows me away that a bar would want to hear that so much that they keep asking us back. I mean, we'll do it. If the world wants God, we're going to give it to him. That's why we're doing this. But as far as radio play, we've been running into a kind of an issue where they go, we don't know where to put you, uh, the Christian market or the secular market, because you're kind of right in the middle there. We don't know what to do. And, and, and obviously in our minds, it's a lot easier for us to go for both, you know, but, uh, to me that, that makes sense, but I'm not in that industry. I think it's going to take someone to just want to take a chance with us and see the passion in us and see the future of what this game could be and what God has prophesied over us for it to be. We have been played on college radio station. I know that. And we've been played on some, a little heavier Christian contemporary stations. And we always get really great reviews, even though they either play like uh, Blood on the Church Floor or uh, they've played a, uh, Oh Mercy and stuff like that off there. And, and it really feels like uh, people are accepting it style-wise. They just don't know what to do with it. <laughs> I think my new favorite off the Lions EP is The Chase. It's just the retro vibe. Was that just like a fun song to do? Yeah, I had been uh, listening to like Stevie Wonder and even uh, CCR. And if you notice, it has that kind of syncopated hits, like where if you had horns, they'd be going, bop, 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 you know, with us since we don't have that live. But yes, it was fun. We love playing that song live. Uh, We were surprised to hear that The Shakes and Wicked Man tend to be some of the favorites on that album. Wicked Man, I wrote the night before we recorded on the way up to the studio. To record a whole EP in a single day, that's insane. (laughs) You're what every college student wants to be able to do. Dan, we're going to do it right then and there and now and do it all. Why the two drummers? Does having two drummers ever create battles with drumsticks? I said earlier where we, uh, I'd say, well, I'll teach two drummers our songs and this and that. I remember our first show, uh, I've always been a big believer in practicing a lot before you play your first show. It's so hard to fight a bad reputation, and we did not want to be as good as we thought we could be on that first show. So we'd been practicing for a couple months, and a friend asked us to play a New Year's Eve show, and we were like, well, it's only for our friends, really. So I asked the drummers, they were both there, and I asked the drummers, and they were like, well, we both want to play it. And I was like, you both can play it? It sounds cool uh, in the practice. And so they wrote uh, a little different drum parts. We played that, and people loved it, so it kind of stuck. Now, I will say, not every time we play, we have two drummers. We're very capable with one drummer. And sometimes with having a band this big, not everybody can make it to a show or something like that. Having two drummers doesn't really create a battle. I think if we had two two drummers that didn't play well together, it would be an issue. But luckily, we have two great drummers in John and, and Coleman. If I got it right, you actually are in the planning stages for a full-length album? 
If we raise enough money in our Kickstarter, yes. Unfortunately, it usually always comes down money. We'd like to do a full length. Somehow we will do a full length. We're right now we're, we have a goal at, at Kickstarter at seven thousand, and we would really like. I think if we got ten thousand, we'd be able to do a full length. We'll certainly be looking forward to that. Josh Clifton, my thanks for coming out and sharing some time. And our silent partner sitting in the front here, videoing is Dane, <laughs> also from the band Ravenhill. Guys, best of success to uh, the future, and hopefully we'll be seeing that new album also. Thanks again. Yeah, no problem. And I would like to say just one thing. It's radio stations like this that really help easier in the harder times whenever a band feels kind of weary or been on a road for a long time or kind of disappointed because one thing or another, the devil's throwing things at you. And it really feels good to know that people are listening. So uh, thank you guys so much for having us.